Welcome back to That's Kind of Wavy. We're your hosts. I'm Shaysel. I'm Nikki. And I'm Jill. What's up, y'all? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yay. This is crazy. It already feels like it's January 14th when we're recording this, and it already feels... I mean, it does simultaneously feel like the New Year just started, and it's also like, oh my god, halfway done with January. That's like terrifying. (laughs) I... I keep thinking it's later in the month than it is. Like, me I'm too. Like, how is it yeah. only the 14th? But then also, like, how is it 2024 at all? So, agreed. But I mean, my New Year's been pretty uneventful. I feel like um, I've been working, and yeah, that's really it. But it's been like nice. I don't know. I I know I was talking to you guys about this, but I'm kind of in like my hermit era lately. <laughs> um, and there is a bit of like. I don't know you know there's like you're supposed to want to like go out and hang out with friends you know or we're told we're you're supposed to and I just like have not been wanting to lately so I've been like honoring that instead of like pushing myself to and I'm like damn I love just staying home <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I like yesterday I read like 200 pages of my book and finished it like I just like literally laid Ooh. around all day and read and finished my book or that was two days ago and then I started the second one in the series yesterday but like I don't know like I and I guess that's a good thing like I like my own company um but I don't know maybe it'd be different if like Chris and I didn't live together so I didn't have like a built-in friend yeah that I lived with then maybe I would get more more lonely but I don't know it, it's been nice and I'm kind of I'm letting myself be in my hermit era, but still trying to, like, be aware of, like, okay, I do want to, like, maintain these connections, though, and that does require, like, nourishment. Like, I can't just, like, not interact and then be, like, I don't know, profit off of it, profit off the friendship without putting any work into it. So finding the right balance. I like obviously as we've discussed many times I super relate to that and I'm very curious to see like I mean obviously it's helping you right now like honoring what you need and I'm very curious to see how it's going to help you in the long term as well like letting yourself honor what you need which is like right now being in hermit mode you know because I feel like that there will be like benefits from for your nervous system and everything overall in doing that which I think would even change like in a good way how you interact with like socializing again and stuff later on yeah true it feels more like something I actively want to do and like want to put the effort into instead of just like I should go like hang out with this person or something because I don't know I'm just like done doing that (laughs) no I get it I really get it I just like cannot I just I'm sorry like I I just don't want to like force friendships anymore and I feel like not that I was forcing people to be my friend but it was like I was forcing myself in this situation to like keep that friendship going it wasn't happening naturally yeah and I'm just like done doing that like the friendships that I have that feel like healthy and normal like don't require any extra effort like it's I mean it does in the way that a friendship should but like it doesn't like I'm not like oh, I need to text that person. I haven't talked to them in a while, but I have nothing to say or something. It's like I just naturally talk to that person relatively often because I want to. So I guess that's my 2024 is I'm honoring what I want more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm doing the same and it feels good. So I'm I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jill? Um, Well, I got sick 
on the first day of the year. So um, I have been <laughs> I have been sick most of the year so far. No, um, which has not been fun. So I've really only hung out with people like two times in the past two weeks, and now there's a crazy storm. Yeah. So, we are banned from even driving and going places right now. Um, not that it would be very like beneficial because the snow is still crazy. So, yeah, it's just January in Buffalo. No one is doing anything. Um, yeah, so is the storm bad? <laughs> you know how you were saying they were projecting um, it to be, but sometimes it's... Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not like... Like the way that they hyped it up this time, I think they ha- they have to like do more than they need to because of the way people died in the storm last year and then everybody kind of complained about how they weren't as proactive as they needed to be and like they you know being from buffalo you hear a storm is gonna come and you're like okay everybody gives no fucks and still drive like crazy (laughs) they don't care but i think like that happening last year kind of changed people's mindsets a little bit but now I don't know. The The storm isn't as bad as I was thinking it was going to be based on the way that they were sending out like 18 alerts throughout the day. <laughs> yeah. being like the snow is coming. The snow is coming. <laughs> Prepare oh your car. Prepare your house. Um, the so, snow yeah. is coming. <laughs> Literally. Paul Revere. Literally. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But it's fine. But. I agree. I feel like because I was thinking about that with the one here. Like, I mean, obviously, I sent you guys that picture. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but like, it was being projected to be like a two nighter, and it really only that second night was bad. The first night was like, like Chris didn't come home. He stayed at his grandma's after work, and then we were like, okay, you definitely could have come home. And we were talking about it. I think they like always say the worst case scenario because if they undersell it and yeah. then like Chris was like oh I can easily drive and then it was bad he'd be like literally what the fuck like right. you know so I right. feel like they like have to like basically be like okay if everything goes wrong quote unquote wrong like if all the most intense aspects come together this is what will happen and they just act like that's what's gonna happen that's a good point that makes I mean not that I ever get that frustrated about like when they're wrong about weather stuff but like it's still a little like, are you for real? Because then I can't trust it. But yeah. it's true that I mean, it's certainly better safe than sorry. I can't imagine them be, like downplaying something and then it actually being the worst case. Literally, scenario. like a tornado warning. Literally. They're like, how mm. think they're, so? <laughs> like, I feel like that's why they have like a tornado watch, even because they're like, okay, we yeah. don't want to like all of a sudden be like, fuck, there's a tornado. Like, you know, like, it's like <laughs> that kind of thing of like, okay, worst case scenario, there could be because I feel like. At least out by me in the summer, I get so many tornado watches. Not so many, but more than like I did when I was in the North Shore. Like, and so I feel like they just like kind of, yeah, put you on like just in case. Right. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you're still sick, Jill. I hope you feel yeah. like fully recovered soon. I hope so too. I just have a cough now. Um, but I mean, that shit always lingers. Yeah. Yeah. It's- Especially so when it's, annoying. like, so cold and stuff. It's, like, your body can't focus on healing. It's got to, yeah. like, literally keep itself warm and alive. I know. Like, this is so rude. What a it is. way to start out the year. Um, it is. But whatever. It's fine. I'm alive. So that's all I can ask for. <laughs> <laughs> literally, <laughs> though. <laughs> but what about you, Shaysal? How's your year going? 
Uh, it's been good. I feel like I've been, I mean, in general, even before the new year, I feel like starting like beginning of December, I have felt much more on top of my life with a lot of like the, I mean, it's still really hard, but a lot of like the logistic small stuff about daily life that are really hard to manage. Still hard. It still takes a lot of mental space, but able to stay on top of like cleanliness in my apartment, um, like taking care of my cats and like and feeding them on like a schedule as opposed to just like kind of all over the place and everything. And just a lot of these executive functioning things that I've been struggling with for a long time have been like, even if I like waver a little, have been like pretty consistent now for for at Good. least a week and a half. Yeah, which feels fantastic after like so after just struggling with that so much in a way that like obviously affects my like self perception and mental health and everything. But um yeah, so that has been good. What I have been like very existential about recently is the I'm so glad that like last year I finally started putting things in my Google calendar and that I like proactively plan these things like it's just events and whatever at the same time it brings another type of anxiety that just makes me very existential of like now I can see my year laid out in a way that I don't really want to see it laid out not that I'm now that I have things planned out that far ahead right now but it's still like it just makes time shrink in some ways Mm, and it makes the months go by faster and everything as opposed to like I don't know, obviously when we're younger and we just have less stuff going on in general, it's easier for like life to happen in a good way. Like not like, I know I'm not in the driver's seat way, but like, it's like, I'm in the driver's seat, but also I don't know, like it just, I don't need to be, I don't need to manage my time that way. And having to manage your time a certain way, although it like brings ease, it's in in, like mental stress and stuff. It's also like, Oh my God, time and life. And it's short, (laughs) you know? Yeah. No, I a hundred percent get that. Like, (laughs) It's when, I don't know, like it, I feel like it always happens where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do something in like two months. And then all of a sudden it's like there. It's like when I know it's coming in two months and then it's there, then I'm like, fuck, two months went by that fast. Like having that like time, exact time frame of knowing like, okay, when I bought the ticket or something and then it happened. I'm like, how the fuck, what did I even do? Like I know I do stuff. I do a lot of stuff, but also what the fuck am I doing at any, like, literally at any given point. (laughs) That's something I have been stressing about because I haven't been going out and like socializing. So I've been like just chilling and stuff, which again, I've been liking, but then like randomly I'll be like, what am I even doing with my time? Like, Literally. how does an entire day pass? What exactly. was I doing today? I don't know. Like, I was like cleaning the kitchen and then <laughs> vacuuming and then right, was and doing then some work. It was and 10 then, o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. And watched TV. And then I'm like, okay, that day's gone. And, like, it's just so weird. Like, ugh, I know, I dude. Know. I'm, co- I'm constantly reevaluating all of that in a way that is so distressing. So a goal I have for this year, I don't really know how I'm going to make it happen, but I feel like there are certainly steps I can think of that would get me closer to this. I want to find a, the resolution. I, I did a whole deep dive a couple of weeks ago too, on like the difference between resolution goals, et cetera. And, um, and that really helped me break down some of those things and set myself up for success. I'm on my Capricorn shit right now. <laughs> but I a resolution that I would like to actually write down and like find ways to make happen. I would love if my days could feel like individual days. That is like that is something yes. that yes. That is that is one of those things that I think about all the time that I really miss from childhood is that like when something bad would happen to me or something, I would still need a lot of time to process it a lot of times, but it's like I woke up in the morning and it was at least a new day. And it's like I wake up and it's it's literally just a continuation of the last day. It feels like my night's sleep was like a nap in the middle of the day. I, like, I hate it. 
100% get that because I feel like a lot of the stuff I have to do are not like one and done things. Yes. And so it's like, and I feel like that to me is like when we were in school or something, it's like, I have a test on Thursday. That's done. I have this homework due Friday. That's done. And I have this class on this day and whatever. And then also the shit I had to do would be like, my parents would be like, okay, go gather the trash or something, you know, like that's a one and done thing. But it's like, no, I have to, my fucking vacuum behind me. Like, because I hate, I hate vacuuming. So I do it room by room. So I vacuum this room and then it just sits there until I do the whole thing. <laughs> um, but I like that, like it's, I know that I'm deciding the vacuuming thing to fucking drag it out, but um, I don't know, just like any responsibility. I feel like when you're older, like is not a one and done. Like I never consistently maintain my home. I have to consistently come up with shit to eat, which y'all know I hate that. I have to like consistently keep a grocery list. Like it's like, Oh, did I write this down? Like I have to think about yesterday. I have to. Right. And it's like, God, just let me have a fresh start. God fucking damn it. (laughs) Even if I have to still do that shit, like let it be a new day and, and and have like the remaining tasks I have to do and the maintenance feel like a new day of it. Not just the continuation of everything that came before. So I'm going to find a way. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot of things. It's, it's sleep. It's taking care of myself. It's, it's meditating. It's all that stuff that I will do if it means I can get there. So yeah, but anyway, so. what? we are so optimistic. <laughs> this okay, conversation right thing. now. I know, and I know, so I know Jill is like, Neuro- yeah, yeah, yeah like, girly. You know, like the way we're like, like, <laughs> I can't handle it. Why is my life like this? And why do I analyze tests this way? And it's like, because nothing can be easy. Cause I, I literally, okay, last thing I'll say, and then I'll, you know, we'll get to the topic, but like literally I, I've told my mom before, I'm already fucking forgetting what I was going to say. <laughs> I've told my mom before that I swear to God, to an extent, I have to be in control of so many things in my head for it to function properly. Cause that is like essentially what it is to be autistic is having everything that most people don't have to think about. Like you have to think about everything. I'm like, I swear to God, even some of my autonomic, like nervous system stuff, like I don't even think that I like can do naturally sometimes like obviously I know that my body holds me steady with my like breathing and stuff but a lot of times I really have to think about breathing you know and not just in the meditative way I mean like in the way of like I need to think to breathe and it's like imagine that and also like it's like oh I need to think to breathe also I have a call from work also I have to write this down because I have I can't I just can't even I can't even go down the autistic rabbit hole of all the shit I have to do to maintain my life I'll say this really quick at work I have been so successful which is so great but and I'm surprised that I could even do this but the links I have to go to the system I have created I, I use notion and the system that I have created to make sure that I get through the list and don't forget a single thing I literally have to like I have like a double check mark process to make sure that I remember to write it down and make sure I remember to tell a doctor I remember to tell I remember to call a patient after like all these steps for my brain to just do what it needs to do to get the task done, which is worth it. But yeah, I was gonna say that's good. Yeah, it's great, but it's like, oh my god, that much work. Yeah, literally, because I can't trust my own brain to do it, so I have to have it out in writing. You're making me realize (laughs) I sometimes think about my breathing. Just then, I hold my breath a lot. Like just then, when I was waiting to talk, I was holding my breath. I know, I do that too. Like why? Hello. Yeah. Like I'm like. Yeah, that's what I was like. Literally. I can breathe in in between there, but it's something like I've already activated the sentence about to come out of my mouth. So I stop breathing. So the noise, the second that I breathe air out, the noise is coming with it. Like literally. I can't, I can't pull that back anymore. Literally. 
literally okay now i have to have another example and then i'll stop like literally this morning i went to the movies also not a great movie i mean it wasn't bad i went to a matinee showing at music fox because they have like a series right now called hitchcock and friends so it has some hitchcock films and some that are influenced by hitchcock's work and i watched blowout that has john travolta in it and it was just very mid blowout <laughs> why does that right. sound like, something, like literally blowing out my toilet no literally <laughs> literally it's not a good name um but like this morning it wasn't that bad but I was eating in the theater and I know this, this could happen to anyone that has anxiety or anything like that but it's like the way that I have to manage just like everything I do like I could be when I'm chewing popcorn at a, chewing popcorn but eating popcorn at a theater like I am consciously thinking of every sound that is being made in the movie and like oh, literally waiting to crunch until there is sound again yeah. so I'll be sitting there like not breathing pop pop full of popcorn in my mouth just waiting until I can actually bite down when there's sound and I again feel, like then I think about like the person with me and like they can hear that I just stopped chewing the second oh God, that I literally. put the popcorn in my mouth they know I'm I didn't finish chewing it literally yet. Jill I also had a, I'm like I can't win like no matter what I am I will find a way to realize that I am being perceived in one way or the other right? <laughs> I will say I don't think I have ever noticed the person I'm sitting next to's popcorn chewing oh at the movie. I have like that's like all okay I can but hear. that's your thing though because you have you are very like aware of yeah, like that's why I'm like, I, it does not surprise me at all. That's why I'm like, I have the evidence of myself that yeah, I know I do right. that. So clearly, I guess that's what I'm trying to must. say is like, <laughs> is that I don't think the general public does notice that. I notice it of myself too, but just to maybe possibly <laughs> ease your mind a bit because I do the same thing of chewing when it's something's happening, but um. Yeah, there's nothing that could make me more neurotic than the fact that I am so neurotic that it (laughs) makes it hard to believe that not everyone else is neurotic too. So it's like like I have to believe I'm like, well, I am perceiving every little thing and I perceive when other people do it all the time. So whether the popcorn thing or just anything. So I'm like, if I am this fucking annoying about all this shit, like who who am I to not receive the same treatment back? Not that I say anything, but it's like inside I could be judging, you know? Yeah, no, true. It's like, it's like, it's only fair. Right. It's only fair. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. um, Well, (laughs) the topic of today's episode is, um, well, generally like teen TV shows, what makes a good teen TV show. We'll talk about some of our favorites, some of the history of teen TV shows and such. Um, and yeah, I'll get started on some of the history. So some of the earliest teen TV shows documented were from between the 1940s and 1980s. And a lot of them were, weren't really directed towards teens specifically. They were just like family sitcoms that might have grown a larger teenage and young adult audience over time. But there was one first one that was like officially about a teenager. It was called Meet Corliss Archer. I believe it was in the 50s and it was a TV adaptation of a radio show about a teenage girl. And then the first teen sitcom that featured the first teenagers as protagonists in a show was called The Many Loves of Dolby Gillis, which, you know, it was. (laughs) Why do they always have these fucking names? Literally a fucking chorus. (laughs) It was from the it was from 1959 to 1963. I was literally about to say (laughs) it's giving transatlantic. And of course, it's, it's the most. The most like typical storyline that I would expect about a, te- a teen during, I guess, maybe not in real life, but at least what, what television would show a teen caring about. So it was um, following a man, of course, based and it was based on a collegi- 
collegiate short stories written by some they said a humorist which i don't know why they don't just say comedian but anyways <laughs> if uh, a humorist like okay they're like oh they're they're not that funny yeah right they're not that funny <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, but it followed a teenage boy and his adventures through high school, mil- like the military, college, etc. Which the second that I read that, I thought of Archie. It's just so Ugh, like all American, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, Ugh. Literally, and given that even he <laughs> went to the military, you know? yeah, exactly. Like, uh, literally. Um, in the nineties is when we saw a rise in the TV shows that like most people, most teen TV shows that we know of in our generation. So it's like one of them I didn't know about, but it was called step by step, um, boy meets world. I remember watching that on Disney channel sometimes sister, sister, Sabrina, the teenage witch to name a few. I'm surprised. I saw another article that mentioned this, but I'm so surprised that of all the articles I read, even though I myself haven't, have never finished this show. None of them mentioned freaks and geeks, which I believe was in the nineties. I saw oh, one article I read did. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I was surprised. I, I saw one too, which is why it even came to mind. But I was surprised because a lot of these did have overlap with the shows that I mentioned. And for some reason, that one wasn't. But um, these teen TV shows became really popular. And they talked a lot. And I, I started off by reading with like from the Wikipedia page on teen sitcoms and stuff. And they mentioned the three main networks at the time, which were ABC, NBC, and Fox. And ABC had a comedy Friday night block. Those are the three genders. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, but ABC had a comedy Friday night block called TGIF, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it, it literally. It originally started as a series of sitcoms, but soon shifted to teen TV shows with the success of Boy Meets World and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And there were other famous teen TV shows at the time, part of those networks, including like Beverly Hills 90210, which is the original 90210. I've never seen that one, but I will be mentioning 90210 later when we talk about faves because I really liked that show in high school. Um, They talked about that 70s show, too, and they mentioned how that one actually had a pretty like wide, uh, wide viewership of like different generations and stuff, although still a lot of young adults and teenagers. Let me see. What else? Oh, also, I didn't know this. This was interesting to me, but the first Disney Channel then tried getting on this boat, of course, like in the later 90s. And Disney Channel's first truly successful sitcom was Lizzie McGuire. Wow. I, I loved Lizzie McGuire when I was a kid. That sounds like it rings a bell in the way that I remember like people talking about how um what's her face? Hillary real- Thank you. I kept thinking Miranda Cosgrove. Miranda <laughs> Cosgrove was like the first like big like teen yeah. star. She Hillary? was. Yeah. In Wait. in our like generation. Hillary Duff was, not Miranda. Did I say Miranda? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hillary Duff was. She really was. She really was because she cause She was like the first Disney Channel yeah. princess. Which is so crazy to think that she was first because it, it- got so muddled together for me with like I mean that was a distinct period in my life like before that's because then my my other favorite was that so raven and stuff um and those like kind of blurred together but she was like she was the blueprint honestly like Hillary yeah. Duff yeah. came first she was the too. moment yeah literally she was the moment um but also I read I, I read a lot about the end network which I I forgot about but that was oh, that I was don't my even favorite know channel oh my god I loved it I it don't was know like, if I ever watched it I think so since I'm close to Canada we got the Canadian channel discovery kids oh my god and nice that has so many core memories of like the stupid like weird ass tv shows 
There was one about like a mummy and a little girl being friends. Interesting. <laughs> I love it, was that. It, was it animated? It has to be animated. Yeah, right? there was like animated time travel shows. Oh. I guess. Yeah, was I was gonna like, say I kind of like that. <laughs> I feel like it's so show, formative for you, Jill. Literally, like, I feel like that explains literally a lot not of your. There's also one called Flight Twenty Nine Down. That's like the kid version of Lost. I was gonna say yeah. that's like literally the precursor to Lost for you. <laughs> Corbin Blue on it. Wow. <gasps> what? Really? Is yes. he Canadian? Um, I don't know. Maybe. I guess they don't have to be Canadian to be on there, but still, damn. Interesting. Yeah. Well. Wait, <laughs> quick fact about like just Canada in general that I didn't know about, and I will be talking more about Canadian TV. <laughs> Canada fact. Digress. Yeah, little <laughs> Canada fact that Allie told me about at some point, like like a couple of years ago, that Canada, which I'm sure the US does too, but maybe it's just not like maybe it, there's not like a sort of logo indicating it, but if you like like a lot of like artists and a lot of movies and TV shows and stuff that are made in Canada are sponsored by Canada, which oh, is crazy. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know about that because I, I mean Curtis Connor has talked about that. Oh, really? Yeah, it, a lot of things are sponsored by them, which is interesting. And I, I think about it often when I've rewatched Degrassi after learning that fact because that that was sponsored by Canada, and it makes sense because like it. I mean, I loved Degrassi growing up, and I'll be talking more about it because it actually was very important for the end network in general but um that show like every single episode was a psa like i know that every episode had (laughs) a different topic but it was literally framed like a psa like i could have watched that in health class honestly (laughs) i have never seen a single episode of degrassi oh my god oh my god degrassi i loved degrassi growing up so much it was like that i loved that shit it was like some of the first stuff that i saw that you know handled serious topics and I love me some serious topics. Literally, I mean, I'll talk more about it too when I talk about things that I look for in a teen TV show. I'm like, this is so emblematic of me. But uh, Degrassi was like kind of the hallmark show that the N Network based everything around. So their mission was to be an authentic voice for teens and help them figure out their lives with relevant topical programming. And they focused on Degrassi, the next generation, because, well, there was a Degrassi before that, but like no one really knows about that one. I've never seen it. I don't know what channel that was originally on, but I believe that it was either in the 80s or maybe early 90s. And Degrassi started in, I believe, or I mean, this network started in 2001, which is making me believe that it started at the same time. But if not 2001, certainly before 2004 is when it started. And um, Degrassi focused on having like a holistic vision of teens, which shaped the entire network's framework. It it weaved character story arcs in ways that emphasized how social connections reverberate in the community at large for teens. And I really like this description. It was considered an authentic show in the sense that they didn't just present diverse characters or themes, which some shows would do that before. It's like they would literally, and I, I can't think of examples, but I know for sure I've seen examples of this. It's like, it could be like a, a show that's fo- typically following just like a typical like white teenage friend group or something. And then it's like, they'll have one diversity episode or like one multicultural. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, suddenly there's like one black person here or yep. something. You know, it's like, and, and, and there's a lesson on race. And then we go back to like, you know, nothing related to that. But I guess in Degrassi, like they tried to make it authentic by truly integrating, not just, I mean, they could do better with that too. Obviously any, anything from 2000s and before then could do better with that, but like still did a good job for the time of integrating multiculturalism and also just like different perspectives from different diverse groups as teenagers and everything. Yeah. And, um, uh, they were also one, like an early show that showed like queer people. Yeah, you're right. Which is crazy to think about because like for for that time, that actually was like pretty risky for them to be showing like gay teenagers at all. Like for that, yeah. 
showing like any sort of queer content in general at that time, which is insane to think about because that wasn't that long ago. And also um, for it to be with teens, I feel like that takes like a different level given how like, you know, Christian, Christian values would not like that. (laughs) Yeah. But they said that this this was considered an authentic show for them because it had central a central thematic argument that a core component of being a teenager involves coming into terms with the messiness of life in an adult world and consider the competing voices in their communities. And I really like this too. The writers believed that really understanding your neighbors and classmates could make you a better citizen and contribute more meaningfully to your community. Which obviously we all agree with, but like that was like nice that they had that at the forefront. And I do believe that Degrassi was a big step in that direction for the time and that things have obviously been influenced by Degrassi now and more current teenage shows, at least more serious teenage shows. Right. Yeah. This um, conversation is making me realize like, and we can, if we want to talk more about it later, but I, in the same way, you know how we were talking about how we find like dramas boring. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like, I don't watch, drama shows i'm realizing it because the only teen shows i ever watched was pretty little liars because there was like the mystery gossip girl i got bored one tree hill i got bored like it's making me realize like i didn't like gilmore girls i got bored glee i got bored because it's always like it feels (laughs) like they like recycle the same like issues not saying that about Degrassi because I haven't watched it but like the ones that I watched like it feels like I think that's how I felt like it was just kind of like and also one of my biggest 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 pet peeves is when the root of an issue in some sort of media is lack of communication or miscommunication oh my god yeah classic and that is I feel like one of the driving forces of drama in these shows and so I would just be like i I hate you all i'm not gonna watch this anymore and so now it's like i don't know it's it's interesting it's not a good or a bad thing but it's making me realize i kind of like never interacted with that part of american culture i guess i know what you mean and i have more to say about it when i talk about some of my favorites and stuff with the teen genre like that didn't affect me as much because like i mean as y'all know like my obsession with everything related to like adolescence and that stage in life i'm like enthralled enough with the everyday life stuff of that era where that didn't happen to me but i obviously very much agree with like drama in general like i i also i never really tried but i also never got into gilmore girls i watched one tree hill all the way through and i had like a temporary obsession but that was definitely more of like of the times thing because everyone at my school at that time was obsessed with it so i i liked it for a short period of time but those type of shows that like i do like like drama but like you said how for you i never watched pretty little liars but how it's like that's also a drama but it has the mystery like the mystery component that was and like murders and shit like it's like a teen it's a thriller drama yeah same with like vampire diaries exactly and i think that those are that's probably why i became much more like the ones that i actually became obsessed with that became a part of my personality like vampire diaries supernatural and more that i'll talk about later those it makes sense because they had like another big thing and and the the ones that i did like that didn't include sort honestly i guess like kind of like a fantasy component they they were more drama, but they were like rich. So it still felt like a fantasy component. Mm, Cause I, yeah. like Gilmore yeah. Girls, it was too everyday life. Even when True Hill was too like everyday life, even though they had some crazy shit happen on there, but it felt very soap opera y. I was gonna say, um, my sister Kyle loved One Tree Hill, loved, loved, loved. Um, but she was scared to watch 
what was it, Psycho Derek? He's like the stalker. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, I would like kind of like, because I know all the characters and I would yeah. see like episode here or there, but um, she would make me watch the stalker episodes because she was too scared to watch alone and those I would watch. So it's like, oh, yeah. Honestly, it's making me think of how Joe watched those like Discovery Kids things. <laughs> yeah. I watch these and now I love horror. Like, hmm, like setting patterns. No, for real. I'll I'll talk more about um I have more to say about the drama thing that I'll talk more about when we talk about some of our favorites and stuff. But I also want to talk about which I know Nikki you mentioned kind of like before we started recording the tween versus teen show thing, which we can get into because I, I want to give some background on the Dan Schneider universe as well. So in the 2000s to 2010s, we saw like a shift um, with a lot of these teenage shows as well. And because there were so many Dan Schneider shows that were out and these shows were successful, but he based these shows on what he grew up watching as a kid, which was like sitcoms rather than gauging teen consumer taste at the time, which to me makes sense as well. Why it was kind of like ultimately more tween focused. Um, he was, however, very smart about the fact that teens and tweens demand shows that offer a sense of empowerment, uh, which is a view compatible with Nickelodeon's programming as like a kid only thing. And I do like, although I, I mean, I don't know that much about what he's done, but I do know that he's sus and has done like some fucked up shit to his cast and everything. So obviously like we don't stand Dan Schneider, but I do like the view that he had on making making sure that his shows had that sense of empowerment. And I want to talk more about that when you explain like the tween thing, Nikki, because I, I realized that I think that's what distinguishes a tween show from a teen show. A lot of the times that it's focused more on like that rebellious tween stage of, um, What's your train of thought? The rebellious tween stage of like, yeah, like I am a teenager and like I have like rights basically and my opinion matters and stuff like that. And then teen shows do also have that agency. I think that's a critical part of the good of good teen shows, but still grappling with like more complex things that are more akin to like the beginning of adult adulthood as opposed to just like the yeah, I'm independent and I can do shit because I'm a human. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> should I just talk about it a little bit now? Yeah. Is that okay? Um yeah, so I was picturing tween shows being stuff like um I mean they're kind of how we already talked about with like Hillary Duff. Um there's been a few waves. So on Disney Channel, like uh, Lizzie McGuire, That's So Raven. I'm trying. There was one other one, Sister Sister. That was like the first wave, and then they did like Wizards of Waverly Place, Hannah Montana. I feel like there's one other Sweet Life. Sweet Life, yeah. That's so Sweet Life of Hannah Montana. That that was the crossover, <laughs> the crossover episode. episode. Yeah, I have um, them on DVD at home. And then now, and then they did like um shake it up and stuff and that was like when we were transitioning out yeah Yeah. and then yeah nickelodeon had like drake and josh the amanda show and then icarly and i don't know just all that kind of stuff because those obviously aren't directed towards children but once you hit like like i said transitioning out of those i feel like they're directed towards like 11 to 14 year olds like tweens. and I think it is like they are just mature enough where it's like oh I'm at the big kids table and it does kind of like oh two people kiss but there's no sex um and it's like there's drama or like people get in arguments but there's there's no like actual like violence 
you know? And so it's like, I feel like it's like introducing, it's like the watered down version of a teen show because it's like, there will be like overarching like dramas throughout a season, but then each one, each episode has its own little thing going on. Um, But I feel like they were much more like comedy based. Um, And then kind of what you were saying, like, I feel like what makes something a teen show instead of a tween show is the heaviness of the topics but also one thing i was thinking of too is like teen teen shows are even heavier than some like adult shows yeah yeah which i don't know if that's the best thing because i get it because like when you're a teenager everything is like so intense but then i feel like it's also like feeds into it like i I haven't watched Euphoria because I know it will make me fucking depressed. If I watched Euphoria when I was in high school, it would fuck me up. Or like teenagers who watched like 13 Reasons Why and stuff like that. Like I feel like sometimes teen series try so hard to be like relatable and like edgy and like very heavy emotions and stuff like that for teenagers that it's like it becomes like a like a echo chamber or like a feedback loop of like yeah, life is hard and this is horrible and this is depressing and like, see, this even happens on TV and this is how they react. You know, like, I feel like teenagers are so impressionable that it's like almost like it, not all shows are like this, but there are some shows that are like irresponsible with it. I see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't consider Euphoria a teen. Like when I think of a teen show, I'm picturing like the characters are obviously playing teens, but it's also like geared like teens are the audience mm-hmm. and euphoria like i don't think that teens are the target audience especially it being Would on you- hbo i don't think that 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 like that's necessarily the target the target audience so i don't like picturing that in my mind i'm like k- kids should not be watching that for sure that's like a mature rating would you say that it's like then like young adult because it still is i feel like when it is it's about high schoolers yeah so like I feel like I lo- that, I when I'm that. like forty, I'm not gonna like be you know you just like content. I know that's why I feel like Euphoria doesn't under like they they're they 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 don't understand how to harness the power that they like should have you know they like yeah. people talk about how that show should have been sh- set in college and yeah. I'm like with the issues that they have on that show, it's just not realistic that that stuff is happening in high school. Yeah. yeah. And I think most of the audience knows that. And I think they kind of like overlook that because that's why people make fun of like, oh, here's the kids showing up to Euphoria High School and they're like, <laughs> like club literally, outfits. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say, though, um, One Tree Hill was also like that to an extent of like, they were like, how many different trauma traumatic teenage experiences can we shove into one show into one high school group so there was like a fucking school shooting yeah there was like it sounds uh, like degrassi vibes yeah yeah and so it's like that still is though i feel like like i think euphoria does take it up a notch um with like their depiction of it but it still is like those themes are seen in other teen movie teen shows and i think it's a fine line too because it's like you also want to like make teenagers feel seen because i think that's also like such a teenage thing is to feel like nobody understands and like nobody gets you and stuff 
So then to have a character on a TV show you could relate to is like beneficial. But then it's also, like I said, like, I just think they deal with like really, really heavy topics and not always in the best way. Yeah, they definitely glamorize and romanticize a lot of like fucked up shit. Like I when I was like 14 and first starting to like get to know these things, like I definitely thought like being depressed was like cool. Oh, yeah. Like Effie from Skins was like literally everybody's goal. Yeah. It's (laughs) like the Tumblr era. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I think that's another that's a John Green rant I can go on. Oh, my God. But the John Green era drove me crazy. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's the end of my rant. I think tween stuff is tween because it doesn't like it's literally like basically pg-13 because yeah. there is like maybe not even pg-13 because there's like kissing but it's not even like i don't know i'm trying to think like maybe in iCarly she was like in a bra once or something. i'm just trying to think of like any amount of like scandalous stuff but yeah, they it was, don't even it like was, they don't even like, like talk about drinking or anything right so. it, it was like it it was like if anything those shows would risk verging on pg-13 but it's like then teen shows would sometimes risk verging, verging on like rated R yeah. or something. Um, with the euphoria thing, it's it's so like it's it's so interesting to talk about it in the context of teen TV shows is it feels so complicated because I I agree and I don't know if I agree with Jill with like I think that it's like the target audience I feel like is the generation that was like that has like had recent relatively recently left high school which when it came out for us we had just graduated from college so obviously then I I, when I reflected on this show because I do think this show has had just like I mean a huge has played a huge role in like teen culture and I'm not like overall because I don't think teens are actually out here acting that way but just like it's it's had a huge like role in pop culture which therefore has had a role on teens and like young adults and everything like that and it's so complicated because I don't know if it's because like I was a young adult and I'm a young adult when that came out so in my mind I'm like oh it's oriented towards us but I do think that like for the most part it's catered towards us but the issue with that is that because it's about high school though and because of how trends work and everything that teenagers are also going to believe that it's like about them because it is because it's set in high school it's about, about teenagers yeah, yeah. Right. so which 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 is like part of what i think makes it really dangerous and i think that although i haven't seen skins i still want it. it's one of those shows my whole life i've wanted to see him because i knew that i would love it as a teenager i like waited because i was anxious about i don't know they're not liking it or something and i wanted to save it still haven't seen it but from that show i know that that show got very serious and everything but from like the production value difference from that and Euphoria, I think also makes a difference. And think about the production value aspect. I feel like also can yeah. make something more oriented orient towards teens. Because with mm, with skins, I can see that right. Because with skins, it, even like Degrassi and everything, it's more like I mean, it's not great a great production value and stuff. And with the production value of an HBO show, let alone something with the success of Euphoria, that glamorizes things to a whole other extent. Which also the the money and like quality of it and everything almost makes it more adult in some ways. And just like by nature makes right. it more serious almost well, in a way there's that full frontal nudity. Exactly. Exactly. Like, they'd so, be showing to, and I just looked it up. <laughs> um, Sam Levison said it's intended for teenagers of 17 years or older. So, so, <laughs> so 17, 18, 19. Cause I'm like, that's a very really limited teen. teenagers <laughs> of 17 or older. But I mean, so I think kind of what we were saying is like college age. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like transitioning out. And I know, I know that the reason why it's set in high school and everything, it's it's supposed to be like loosely or maybe really based I know it's, I know it's based off of his life in some way. Um, but it's just in that and it would have had to have been around that era of his life. I'm assuming I know it was when he was younger. I don't know if it was exactly high school or what, but like it makes sense in that context. But yeah, it does just make everything more complicated because then it glamorizes certain things and with the popularity of that show. Like I mean, that show has been like it hasn't been like I was gonna say controversial, but it hasn't been controversial in ways that other things have been in like a straight up negative way. But also, obviously, it's been very controversial with like the the shifts that it has created and like the possible shifts that it's created in like teens and everything that I don't really see active right now when it's not on. But teens don't have the ability to discern some of like you know what's like actually cool and what's not to do like versus like yeah. what looks cool but is actually very detrimental. But I do think that the show does a good job of like it the production of it glamorizes it, which is bad. The consequences of what happens to them does not glamorize it. it, but it really is the, the, just the way that they, they depict everything. The depiction of it does make it all very romanticized and complicated. And like, I don't know, couldn't make it romanticized for teenagers. Yeah. It's making me, this is a total side note. And I think we've talked about before, but like how there's like a disappearing tween industry yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um this is the, i this is a sneak peek for our future episode but i feel like that's related to ipad kids yeah yeah they like yeah. don't have the attention span to watch shows anymore and it's just like youtube well that's, and like, it's also all their time now well it's also like clothing wise like yeah. claire's is still around because it's been around forever but like if a new place like claire's tried to open up yeah. Fuck no <laughs> and like there used to be like Libby Lou's and stuff like yeah that. yes oh my god yeah and then like limited two or justice right. that was yeah. like tween like you're you're like 12 or something I used to fucking love justice I know um this is like TikTok era too which is, this is something that I want to talk about with iPad kids but I feel like TikTok is erasing what it is to like be a child because now all these like 10 year olds are obsessed with skincare and yeah, like anti-aging yeah yeah i'm like you're I've a kid a like that. enjoy your life and i feel like i don't know i feel like this somehow is related i don't know exactly how but i think like the maturity level of stuff they put in more modern shows because again gilmore girls was like pretty chill and then like glee had some like fucked up shit going on in it but it still wasn't bad and then stuff like 13 reasons why like and things like that like i feel like mature content is starting to be moved younger and younger yeah like can you imagine like if we were like 12 13 14 and a show like 13 reasons why was out i probably would try to watch it yeah because that's what the teenagers are watching. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it was also based on like a young adult novel. Yeah, exactly. Um, I read the book. Um, I never watched the show. Thank fucking God. <laughs> um, but I just feel like like everything in our society is being shown to like a younger and younger and younger audience. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about like there's so much to say about that. 
like I want to be able to like dive like super deep into that because it's just I, I think about it all the time and I'm thinking about it a lot recently because I've been spending a lot more time on TikTok and as a result I've been seeing more like analyses about Gen Alpha and everything and like I watch a lot of skincare stuff and just talking about the the skincare like little tweens and stuff not even like I mean younger than tweens honestly and I don't know it's well, like teachers being like my kids yeah. can't fucking read yeah like teachers are like my kids like especially teachers who have been teaching a while they're like no this generation is fucking stupid yes oh my god okay i have something to say about this real quick too i was just talking to lynn about this earlier i also like i know that i'm sure that people saw this with this like technology this way before but things like the development of calculators and stuff like that like i do think that those things don't take away from our intelligence because you need to, like, if we're talking about math, you need to understand math fundamentally to be able to use a calculator, honestly. So it's like, I don't think that that using one in any way, like, is a disadvantage for like how much you're learning and whatever. But then, like, the technology nowadays is to an extent where it can shut off like our actual critical thinking and everything. So, like, these kids don't even, I mean, also, most, most search engines have just gone to shit as well because it's all just advertising now. But they don't even know, they don't even have like the literacy of like actual internet literacy and how to like research stuff. And they don't have the skills of resourcefulness. So even thinking, which is one of my biggest pet peeves with adults as well, who don't know how to just like, I don't know, search it first. Like, why don't you try to figure it out first? (laughs) Don't know where something is. Oh my God, Google. It's like, have you heard of it? Like, I don't understand. But kids these days also don't have that. And that is so concerning because instead of like searching, they're just using like chat GPT and shit, which then you're losing the ability to like actually research, which is a huge skill that most people our age and beyond don't even have, yeah. let alone like younger kids now. But I back to like the euphoria thing, I think that with social media, like I think it before it was easier to actually... I don't know. I thought it was easier for parents to actually have control over what they are watching to an extent. Like no matter how, Mm. no matter how you parent them, no matter what, like they will be influenced by society. They'll be influenced by school, all that stuff. They can still get into shit. But with social media, it just by default, even, even with clips, like whatever makes everything so much more accessible and that much more intriguing. And like, you actually have a way, like, even if if your parents don't let you watch the show, like euphoria, you can still watch clips and you could, just be more leered in with the content that you see about it that you didn't see before. Cause like, I don't think I I do still think that eventually I want to have kids. And like, I don't think that I would be someone that was like super strict with like what they watched and everything and the way that some parents are. And at the same time, virtual like euphoria, I would let my teens 16 assessing how they are. 15 to 16 and older, I would let them watch show like that. Even if it's still a little young for them, if I trusted their ability to like comprehend and talk to them about what they're seeing and stuff, I'd let that happen. But younger than 15 to 16 watching Euphoria, absolutely not. Like that yeah. is like, no. Yeah. Like that, because I watch that. I, I love that show. And I watch that show and it leaves me like really fucked up. And I've yeah. been able to like go through that stage and everything already and experience some life shit. So I can't imagine watching that any younger. Like that would like fundamentally change their brain chemistry, it feels like, <laughs> in a yeah. way that I don't want. Right. Yeah. No, I just feel like it's like, this is a we can go back to shows after this it's just kind of like what you're saying of like monitoring what shows your kid is watching and stuff like that like i just feel like it is harder and harder harder to for lack of a better word control your children but like control them in a way of like what they intake yeah because i feel like already like when you're sending your kid off to school they're going to be influenced by their classmates and whatever but then if those classmates' parents aren't watching what their that child is looking at on the internet, I feel like the risk is even higher now for what yeah. your child could be exposed to. Before it was like your 
the kids at school are swearing or like saying mean things or like you know whatever like but it's like now it's like also those children could be like watching fucked up shit on the internet you don't know yeah like, i just think Two like girls one cup <laughs> watching that was the day my life changed yeah <laughs> pivotal moment for all of us honestly um but yeah i don't know it's just that like freaks me out like i that's yeah. another reason another con kid point is like the amount of stress i would have over, i know dude and it's like it's so interesting because i feel like like when i was younger i was like why do parents care so much like just let me see it and stuff and i think the internet now it is harder to just fucking stumble across a beheading like we used to <laughs> in the early day did you guys ever did that I mean, ever happen I to you? Like no, but I have heard of it. To Shelby, like every week. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I, um, I yeah, one time saw like a real like cartel beheading video because people oh would God. like fucking send links and be like, "Here's this," and it's like okay, a beheading video. You just post it on Facebook. Yeah, like you just could literally do what the fuck ever. Um, now they're better at hiding it, but there's still what the fuck ever on there, and like, I don't know. I just I. It would be so difficult to navigate raising a child in a world that's so technology based mm -hmm. while being like, like, I don't fucking trust it. Like, Literally. You know. I have so much to say about that. I definitely want us to do a deep dive just related to all these. Yeah, well, because... that will be iPad. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> that'll be iPad kid week. Um, back to I just have a couple more points to say about like some of the research I did just some, some unifying themes in teen TV that they mentioned so they talked about how a lot of teen TV shows are like transmedia storytelling endeavors which like basically like they, some examples they incorporated like fashion and music and shows like I, I never watched the OC but they mentioned the OC and Gossip Girl and I will say it's also very interesting because it made me think I wonder like I mean, it makes sense because of like marketing and everything, why it would naturally be like transmedia in that way. But it's just, it's such a perfect, not that there's anything wrong with that, but such a perfect storm of like it happening at the same time that technology and like different forms of media were even like coming about and teen shows were also being developed at that time, which just makes it like fundamentally integrated with like, I mean, I guess what we see now with like marketing everywhere and stuff, but just in a different way back then and doing things like that, like incorporating different forms of different media forms. They also incorporate world bu building strategies that provide a total and immersed viewing experience, but like on the downside, um, just that then there's a direct relationship with these shows to like advertising product placement music sales etc and a quote that i saw was it said the allure of the teen market is exceptionally strong for marketers due to their influence over parents consumer decisions and their future positions as adult consumers who could be forming lifelong patterns of brand loyalty that's also something else like with these tv shows and with everything else like i mean just like influencers are doing nowadays with just selling products and stuff like they are ultimately influencing not just the way they think but also like the things that they want and that just that affects like that affects them because like they're being brainwashed and and because of their parents and a favor that they want and whatever and also i'm gonna going on a side tangent but it's just interesting and also i didn't think about the fact that like what kids are seeing advertised in these shows does can make them like lifelong loyal to that brand which yeah. is very interesting. Yeah. And, and that is, you know, in a lot of shows when we're younger and like, obviously like you idolize these people and again, even more so now with like influencers and stuff. So it's like, I'd watch Gossip Girl and I loved Gossip Girl growing up, but I was like, 
I mean, I was a teenager at the point that I did watch it, but I was like that, that to me, I, I was intrigued by it. Cause it wasn't just a drama. It was like, a, it was a socialite drama. It's like, it was almost, it had a fantasy component of the fact that it's like, this is still has a whole plot that revolves around them having so much money to be even acting this way. Yeah. <laughs> you to know? be behaving, <laughs> this behaving obnoxiously. This exactly. Yeah. No, because I feel like it's, like, literally, like, startup young. And then also, you don't realize, but then you, like, have an association with a brand subconsciously of, like, oh, my God, I love the show. And you don't, like, 20 years later, you're not going to think about it. You're going to think about you loved Hannah Montana, but every episode she was, like, drinking Coke or something and you want Coke. Like, you love, you know, like, it's just. Literally, like, subconscious programming. Yeah. 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 That's like all the, yeah, seriously, (laughs) that's like all the overall research I did on TV shows. So I think we can just talk about some of our opinions, like what we look for in a good TV show, some of our favorite TV shows, et cetera. Yeah. Um, Jill, do you want to start? Because. Yeah. I, so I was thinking more on like a, like closer basis to the themes that like actually show up very often like more like trope based themes um and teen tv shows that i've like that i was more into um growing up and especially like if i choose to watch a teen show now like this is what i'm gonna want it to have um so number one thing i was thinking is like the stakes need to be high because if the stakes aren't high this is where it turns into just like drama and i get bored so nikki i feel like you should watch outer banks because if you weren't into I've like drama that. shows, that show is like a teen show that's like adventure based. I've had that recommended to me. I should. It's definitely I, like fun to watch. I don't know if this is a teen show, but I was literally thinking about it yesterday. And I know, Jill, you would like it fucking kid or we've talked about it. Kid Nation. <laughs> oh, my God. I literally had the urge to watch that. Earlier that was a, a tween show. But the way my she saw I you didn't watch it, right? No. But I've heard you guys talk about it, so I know yeah. a little. The way my ass was convinced I would thrive in Kid Nation. <laughs> I was like, I would be there. I would be a fucking leader. I would, like, have these bitches. No, I'd be, like, having an anxiety attack. I'd be like, I need to go home Literally, to my mom. They're like, like, they are, they can't, like, eat. They, like, yeah, try to make like- food, and they're like, we don't know how to cook. We're five years old. <laughs> so good i like i thought about that show when i was reading about how like with tween shows and everything actually i wanted to read a quote that dan schneider said um he said as a kid he said i love feet no literally (laughs) (laughs) he said as a kid most of the time you're being told to shut up by adults in school be quiet your dad's watching a show be quiet so what i try to do on my shows have the kids come out on top they're the smartest ones in the room they're the ones in charge which I love that because I'm all, I mean, obviously I love adolescence so much. I think it's, a, it's like such, such a beautiful era. I think that's like when you start to discover yourself for the first time and everything. And I do think that like, obviously tweens being annoying about it is different, but I think that teenagers do should be treated as like full humans with opinions and stuff like that. And I always felt that way. Tweens are annoying. So maybe not as much, <laughs> but I, it made me think of, it made me think of Canadian, although I haven't seen it. So I don't know the logistics. It just made me think of like, and a lot of these tween shows that Dan Schneider made that was like iCarly, so they want to one, et cetera, that it really was like these teenagers like forming their own like social rules and basically like their own society. And it's like, fuck the adults and I have better ideas than them, which I appreciate because I like the I like the empowerment, but also tweens are fucking annoying. So it's like they actually yeah, are like, just trying to start don't... trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe- 
not have kids try to tell adults what to do. Well, Literally. it's like um, I it's making me think of like I feel like like Zach and Cody would always like get the once over on Mr. Oh, Mosby. Yeah, and it's like you know he's like. Literally, fuck them kids. <laughs> the hotel. These bitches live here for free, and they're fucking. They're fucking with me and Esteban in the lobby. Like, go away. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um. Oh, yeah. But I thought a Canadian guy. I thought I'm like basically all these shows are just basically like I don't know a, a teen commune <laughs> or something. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. You should watch the Society. That's also basically what that is. Wait, is that a show or a movie? That's a TV show, an, think... a teen show where really? they run the town. Oh my god, is it newer? <laughs> they have I don't a society. It. Um, it's from the society. society. for sure, but it was canceled after one season. Oh damn, rip. Yeah, classic. I feel yeah. like that's also that is a feature of teen shows is they are either long as fuck and go on and <laughs> yeah. on and on and on, or they are like a season and a half long. Literally, and it's like oh, okay. <laughs> literally there really is very rarely any in between with those shows honestly yeah like it's like one tree hill was like 13 seasons i'm pretty sure like something like that and i know like supernatural was like had a ton yeah i know dawson's creek had a ton gilmore girls had like nine yeah yeah glee had like 12 Definitely having like the fucking Glee project where people like oh competed my God. to be on Glee it. Project. I forgot about Glee project. I actually really liked that show. I, liked it I wasn't too. even watching Glee anymore because I was over it, but then I watched the Glee project. I loved that show. I mean, I loved Glee and I loved Glee project. I, I, I don't I, I somehow forgot to mention Glee in my favorite shows. That was definitely up there for me as a teen. I only watched that a couple years ago. So was it your first time watching? I remember you watched it during. I mean, like, I watched COVID, like but... a couple episodes back in the day of like the first season. But I like own DVDs of the first three seasons. I saw them at home the other day. I'm like, yeah, check that. I have so many songs that I paid for with iTunes gift cards oh, that were the Glee God. version. Well, that's what like I Glee. I do like, but it's like some of the characters. Oh, are they're just annoying as fucking fuck. insufferable. Yeah. yeah, like it's like after a while, kind of like loses its charm. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, even as a teen, I was like, get off your fucking. Like, what is this? What is this shit? I yeah. still love them, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, other like tropes that I think make really good teen shows. Um, definitely having diverse casts. Yes. Um, especially like Degrassi vibes, like having people from different backgrounds different sexual orientations also having trans people on that show and non-binary people um it just like it makes the show so much better and more realistic and also it just like makes the problems seem real and relatable for people that you know aren't just like white no i completely <laughs> Straight white agree male. yeah and it allows people to actually be able to feel like represented in the shows and be able to relate yeah. to their own personal experience more. Right. And like clearly that helps shows do better. You know, yeah. like you want your show to be able to appeal to a wider audience. So why wouldn't you just include different types of people? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Glee did a good job of that. Yeah. For the most part. For the most part. I mean, they were not <laughs> like the compared to like gossip girl or one tree hill where everybody was like white and attractive right and able like right right. except the worst part is that the guy who played the guy in the wheelchair (laughs) can walk he's not even actually you know that is insane it's insane he's cosplaying a disabled i I literally feel like that and darren chris not being gay yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's like the last like remnants of early 2000s media like 
seeping into Glee. Like they, we weren't quite out of the offensive media <laughs> era no, yet. Literally. Oh, I mean, Glee is extremely offensive. Right. It's it's so crazy how also inherently offensive it is. Like the more I think about it, the, the older I get. When people who aren't actually that identity play that role, because it is such a statement that no we're not actually accepting of this yeah <laughs> it's like was there nobody in a wheelchair that could sing literally like, you're telling you're me telling nobody me. in a wheelchair could sing like, well, what was like that literally. one oh my god remember like i don't know if it was last year 2022 when sia when people were calling oh her out god. for like not casting an actual autistic person Dude. and she's yes. like like people were like um i am autistic and i auditioned and she's like maybe do better next time <laughs> <laughs> you. she's like autistic people can't act duh. literally like what the she's fuck? like maybe you were just bad sorry i didn't hire you and to literally. an extent it's like wig you know right. <laughs> <laughs> at least she's but- treating everybody equally she's like True. you suck you're not hired <laughs> but clearly literally but clearly maddie ziggler who is an autistic right. knows how to be autistic better i think so yeah because that's like her i know prodigy. she was in it but i'm pretty sure i like... haven't seen it i know i didn't see it either but i'm like okay i'm sure she didn't actually audition people if she went with the child that she's been grooming for five years literally. as her muse like literally True. what kind of fair audition did you have then anyways True. um I also think that good teen shows need to have writers in the room that are either like they are one year out of that generation or they are in that generation. I agree. If you have adults that are like Gen Gen X, like older than millennials in the writer's room trying to write like Gen Z shit, it's going to sound like the cringiest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life, you know? Yeah. Like millennials would barely be able to do it. Yeah. Even them, no way. Um, and also, I feel like a big, big trope that for me is like the most relatable teen trope is unrequited love. I feel like yeah. that pretty much always provides like some kind of good story. I feel like you can put spins on that in a bunch of different ways. You can make that shit supernatural if you wanted to. Um, and that, that for me <laughs> was like my like my deepest pain that I felt as a teen was unrequited love and I feel like good teen shows like a lot of the time the tropes and the things that they're dealing with are based around pain because pain is like such a provoking emotion yeah especially as a teenager you feel it so deeply um and I think that's something that like a lot of people gravitate towards towards like viewing and like really relating to um seeing that on the screen so I think that those are like pretty good tropes that I, I have seen in a lot of my favorite shows um, and that I really enjoy watching. I agree. I want to <laughs> say something about the romance thing because I wrote down a quote. I also included it as one of my points. And I wrote down a quote um, from one of the writers of Vampire Diaries. And I guess they were just describing like the romance that's seen in shows like this, which I love. But um, they said, when we're young, we are unspoiled by the idea of epic romance. We've had no cynical breakups. We've had no therapist telling us it's not achievable, that love doesn't exist in that way. It's just all pure wish fulfillment, which I love that. I mean, going like in terms of the unrequited love, the pain of that because of it being perceived that way. And also like when 
when they do see successful love stories happen in those shows, it's just so like they said, it's it's pure wish fulfillment, which I loved that because I mean, it just made yeah. me reflect on more things about why adolescence is so beautiful. You don't have all those things. That, I mean, you have a level of naivety that doesn't taint those things and simultaneously makes it that much more heartbreaking when right, it yeah. is unrequited. Exactly. It's just, yeah, it's something that it's fleeting and like now looking back, I like I already have memory problems in general, like remembering actual events, but like remembering feelings is even more difficult for me. So like trying to think back on what types of things I really felt as a teenager is hard, but I know that that shit was like the dumbest thing is now I was like <laughs> crying over. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's one thing, like, I definitely, it's interesting, because, again, I didn't, like, really watch the drama ones, because I, like, part of it was boring, and part of it is, like, even how I am now, like, I I know Breaking Bad is an amazing show, but I just, like, can't watch it because it's, like, fucking depressing, and, like, yeah. I'm, like, I am depressed in day-to-day life enough, I don't then also need to consume media that's also depressing. I feel like it's, like, was similar then and it makes like I just didn't like watching stuff that like made me sad because I already like was struggling with like depression and it makes me wonder if like how I would have turned out if I did watch it if it would have made me like wallow even more right or if it would like make me feel like empowered like I feel like like a good teen show And not all of them do this show stuff like mental health struggles or like interpersonal issues. And then it's like resolved in a realistic but like healthy way. Yeah. And so it's like I feel like maybe if I watched one that was like that, it'd be good. But if I watch one like, again, like 13 Reasons Why or something. That's just like straight grim. Yeah. 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 Like it would just make me fucking even more depressed. So. Agreed. Yeah. Well, I want to hear your favorite shows and then I want to say some of mine too. Can I say because it's related to like the last things that we just said can i say what oh, yeah. i think makes a good teen tv show oh yeah definitely literally number one thing the, the i mean the first thing that i have on my list trauma yep. <laughs> <laughs> literally tra- trauma highlighted is what i wrote like i give me give me the trauma give me the heavy shit give me i i needed something i needed something to validate the weight of the world that i felt i needed something to validate the pain that I was feeling was like real and not just the pain that I was feeling from experiences of my own life, but the pain that I felt in the world around me. Like I needed to see that happening in shows so that I could make sense of like the story to make a story out of what I was experiencing internally. So I liked yeah. shows that were like very serious. Um, I liked, I mean, my, I loved Degrassi. Um, I loved Vampire Diaries, Gossip Girl, Land 210, etc. I, I know that there are some that I'm forgetting, but I just know that even with like movies and stuff, I gravitated towards, I always gravitated towards things that felt more adult because I just wanted to feel seen with like the seriousness that I constantly felt inside of me, um, which is like very me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and I want, my second point is serious shows that highlight how serious even trivial problems as a teenager and how they can feel like world shattering. Um, and the number one thing that I loved is all actually two more things is like coming of age, which I like this definition that I saw in one of the articles of coming of age. And they described coming of age stories as including certain narrative elements like the protagonist feeling alienated from the adult world. She's on the threshold of entering intertwined with stories of first loves, new discoveries, being able to unable to accept society on society's terms, etc. 
And the last thing is highlight shows that highlight teen agency and empowerment, but still impose like adult lessons, but not, not in a way that, in a way that I think that earlier Degrassi did that I didn't like, it felt very PSA. Like clearly it's like, this is what happened. You need to go to an adult to make it better type of thing. And like, I didn't really like that. Cause I, I never, I never wanted that affirmed. Like I knew adults knew better, but ever since I was a kid, I was a shithead about the fact that I felt like my mind was that of an adult. <laughs> so <laughs> I felt like I should be taken as seriously. And like when adults talk to me and stuff, it felt like just so often they talk down to you, which would make me not believe what they had to say. Cause I'm like, well, if you are invalidating my experience then I think that you are actually really dumb because if you have forgotten what it's like to be my age and feel this way and see things this way, then like you, ha- you are not the type of person that I respect honestly. And I would have yeah, those thoughts yeah. like a kid, but anyways, um, the last thing is that like, not, I wouldn't want that in a messagey way. I think that it's like, good tv good teen tv shows show teen agency and empowerment but still learning like real serious adult lessons in a way that they discover themselves through like the consequences of their actions and i think that that's typically seen when i mean it requires a good show to do that well like the characters typically have to be well written and complex that you can see the character arc of like them discovering these things on their own because then that would empower me to believe that i could do that too without someone just telling me what the better thing is so as a result like i typically liked shows i i didn't like ones that felt sitcom because they felt unserious and i wanted serious which obviously these are still unserious, but like Vampire Diaries and all that stuff, like Unrequited Love and those type of shows that I'd watch too, I liked it because it it centered pain a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of screaming. Yeah. Crying. Yep. <laughs> I I feel like I actually didn't watch too many like teen shows as an actual teen in high school. Um I think the the one that I like was really obsessed with in high school was Skins, um, and even that I didn't watch the full thing because I had to actively pirate that to watch it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I watched a lot of shows that were just like regular supernatural shows. Um, but like, yeah, so Skins and like Freaks and Geeks is definitely one of my favorite ones because I love shows where people are just living their little lives. And like, especially nineties vibes. Hell um, yeah. yeah. So I also loved like my so-called life, which I only watched a couple years ago, but that I did not realize like how that was like a precursor to Degrassi. Damn. Um, what the types of topics that they were covering on that show that it was like pretty groundbreaking for the time. Um, Cause that was like very early nineties and that was on ABC, I think. So I yeah I I don't know I didn't watch too many like I didn't watch like One Tree Hill or Gossip Girl or Gilmore Girls I always thought that they were like cringy I don't know I was also in the mindset of like not liking the mainstream (laughs) back then yeah that'll get you yeah yeah I'm I'm the same I'm like looking at lists right now and like I just didn't the only teen show that I have ever watched all the way through is Pretty Little Liars. Oh yeah. That's the only one. Cause I started Gossip Girl and stopped. I started Glee and stopped. I started what was the other one? One Tree Hill and didn't end up finishing it. Uh yeah, I just like I don't know. It's just I think it's because it's like 
drama. Okay, I think also I'm thinking about it too. Like, I just when shows like drag out a story, whether or not it's like a teen show or anything, I just like can't do it. I like yeah. get bored. I'm like, can we? Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. And they, I get they have to drag it out to like make it throughout a season. But I realize that's why I like watching movies so much better because it's like a one and done story. Yeah, you get the ending. Um, and like that's why I liked shows like um, like iCarly or Hannah Montana or like when I was in high school I watched The Office, which does have some like overarching stuff, but they wrap it up pretty quickly. Nothing's like really dragged out too much. And each like I like shows where like each episode is like its own story, like Criminal Minds. Like I really like. So it's making me realize like that's why I just like can't episodic. Yeah, yeah it's yeah I've, I've never like realized that about myself until like this or like i like like american horror stories i could do a horror story because it was like one season was one story so it was like again still like kind of like compressed yeah um it's just making me realize like because i don't think there's like any show that's like more than three seasons that i've finished because i just like after a while i'm like over it and i don't know that's again not good or bad but it's just like i think that's why i never watched any like teen shows because they are all about like dragging out the drama and like true like characters having beef with each other that just like end up like oh i'm gonna like do this one shitty thing to you so then we got to get back at each other and we're like mad you know like it's always it's kind of like yeah it's interesting for a season or two and then it's like once i get the pattern of what the episodes are doing that i'm kind of like yeah so pray little liars i actually stopped and then when they finally came out the last episode that said who a was (laughs) i binged it to catch up and see who a was so even pray little liars i actually didn't really fully like commit to until it was time that i could like get the answer yeah yeah that's why i gravitated towards like the high stakes supernatural shows because even like buffy is one of my faves Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, the ones I became yeah. like actually like okay of like hyper fixations that I had back then, it was typically like books and like movies and especially book to movie adaptations that were popular during that time. Those I was like full fledged obsessed. And for TV shows, I was. I mean, I did. I probably have seen Gossip Girl like the most, which is crazy. I would never think to list it as a favorite, but I've like re- rewatched it multiple times throughout my life. But the obsessions were like Vampire Diaries and Supernatural. So I think that I needed yeah. the. I needed the fantasy component because I do, I did, I don't mind. And I know we kind of talked about this, but I don't mind drama necessarily when they're, it, when it's still like high stakes drama and like the, I don't know, there, there was like danger involved mm. and stuff like that was just a little just heighten yeah. the drama because the stakes are higher. <laughs> so right. yeah, but sh- like actually right now I'm watching the L word and I'm going to keep watching it, but this is the first time I've seen a show in a long time where it feels like quintessential plainly drama and it, it, it just and mm-hmm. that and it's not even like high st- it's not even like high intensity drama it's like that low intensity drama oh. which like low intensity drama definitely i'm gonna keep watching because i want to see like if it develops something more but it's definitely like okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like so i feel i get the point yeah exactly and those shows tend to like verge on like shows like that i'm thinking of like one tree hill and like gilmore girls and stuff like tend to verge on like more soap opera to me oh as well. yeah definitely yeah 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 do y'all have anything else to add? i do have like one last quote that i want to say but it's like the last thing i want to say so i want to hear if y'all have any last thoughts 
Um, I don't think no. so. I think it was mostly I wanted to compare the teen and tween and then, yeah, just talk about our opinions. So, um, I saw this. I don't even remember what it was like in reference to, but I just liked this quote in general. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it must have been talking about, you know, like the, the, kind of like the lifespan of these TV shows and stuff. And it, and some other articles talking about how, like what really matters isn't like a show's like Emmy awards and stuff like that, how many it has, but like what you're really going to, what really matters is like, and what keeps it going is like the fandom that it develops, which obviously usually has to do with like the characters that you have in there and stuff. And I saw this quote that I really liked. It made me think of something else that I want to say. Um, but it said, if, if the modern mass audience no longer understands Oedipus Rex, I would go as far as to say, this is the fault of Oedipus Rex, not the fault of the audience. And I was like, period. And this is like slightly unrelated, but related. It made me think of like someone that I know that was like criticizing schools teaching things like Perks of Being a Wallflower now in particular versus like Romeo and Juliet and stuff. And it's like what matters more is for these things to be understood by the people that are in classes right now. And if that is more relevant to them, then that is what matters. And like I'm sorry. And obviously Romeo and Juliet as an example is like that is going to stand the test of time it has and whatever but it's like it is i think in my opinion the it it's more it says more about the art that was created whether it be a tv show movie or whatever than it does about like an audience if it can't stand the test of time because i think if your shit is like truly good then like regardless of changes in everyday life and like technology and stuff like that the themes will remain because it's yeah. like a theme about just humanity in general. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I can I like rewatch. Well I can rewatch old episodes of Degrassi now and still be like, wow. I'm like, I can still look at it from a perspective, of being like, wow. I can't believe like how groundbreaking. Yeah, this type of stuff was. Like exactly. there's like one of the first season episodes is about like cyber. I don't even know what the term is now. It was like. like- a, pre- a like, like a online predator. predator yeah tried to fucking get with damn the little freshman girlies damn yeah, yeah. that's ahead of its time yeah um well thank you for listening and happy new year again you can listen to our podcast every other tuesday on whatever streaming platform you prefer uh please leave us a review and ratings always um and my friends oh and follow us on social media twitter instagram etc on streaming platforms as well and hit that bell (laughs) (laughs) so you always know when our next literally (laughs) Bye. bye